actually won my first world title without knowing that I'd won it because I thought I, there was still another heat to progress through before I won it. And then I came out of the water that we're announcing new champion de monde de surf in French. It means the world champion of surfing. And I was literally looking around going, where is she? <laughs> and, and they went, it's you. And I went, what? No way. I thought, you know, there was someone else at the beach that I hadn't yeah, seen. Yes. So I remember jumping up and down like a kangaroo, doing cartwheels to make it look like I was really excited. But quite honestly, within me, the only thing I was feeling was relief. 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 Because I'd been declaring since I was an eight-year-old that I was going to be a world champion. Yeah. So I was like, oh, I can shut up about it now. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone's like, yes, you can. <laughs> it still hasn't sunk in. It's taken eight years and I've finally done it. Yeah, I remember receiving a standing ovation when I was crowned world champion. But from then on, the pre I felt the pressure and the expectation and the rejection that was associated with now being the best in the world. Rejection, yeah. Yeah, because I, I just felt like... Now that you're number one in the world, people want to see you lose. And that's the part of the tall poppy syndrome that, that exists in this country, in Australia. Because when you're number two, everyone's like, yeah, you've got this. You go for it, girl. You can do it. And then when you're number one, OK, lose now. You're done. Get out of the way. It's yeah. my turn. Yeah, but, but, but you see it in a lot of sport. Yeah, you do. Yeah. Yeah, it's frustrating. But yeah. I learnt over time that if you make success look like a struggle, people will always support you. Well, it's always a part of the highlights of the Australian sporting calendar when we have the Sport Australia Hall of Fame evening and then the recognition of those Hall of Fame uh, inductees that are elevated to legend status. And during the week, Bob Skilton from Australian Football, Mark Eller from Rugby Union and Lane Beachley from Surfing were those inducted into that status. Uh, Lane joins us now on Grandstand. Always great to have a chat to you. And... Look, uh, we're in the, the presence of sporting royalty when we get to speak to you, Lane, but I wonder what it's <laughs> like. I mean, you get to rub shoulders with, no doubt, the heroes of, of your sporting life as well. What's it like when you get to be a part of, of an evening like that where you're obviously a fangirl yourself, but are being fettered by <laughs> those that you've inspired through your career? Yeah, thanks, Quentin. It's, uh, it's pretty remarkable, and I must say it's quite surreal as well because... Uh, Everything that I've done, everything that I've been inspired to do in the sport of surfing particularly is to ensure that I leave the sport in a better place than where I found it. And that really, to me, is my measure of success. Not the recognition, not the accolades, not the celebration. But it is nice to stop once in a while and take the moment to reflect on the achievements and then notice who is in the room celebrating and elevating you. So, you know, the likes of... Dawn Fraser and Kieran Perkins and Kathy Freeman and, you know, standing alongside people like Donald Bradman, just being recognised as a legend of your sport is pretty remarkable and I'm extremely honoured and grateful for the recognition. Well, this is not just a legend of your sport. This is a legend of Australian sport. And mm -hmm. when you consider the wonderful history that we have in surfing, Lane, you're the first there in that category from your yes. sport in, in this illustrious history of you think of Australia, you think of the great surfers we have. You're the first mm -hmm. to be elevated to that category. Well done. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah, because I've stood on the shoulders of my predecessors to be where I am today. So I don't take that recognition lightly and I'm obviously 
grateful for the recognition, but I'm also uh, aware of the importance of maintaining that commitment to contribution and paving the way and being the trailblazer and pioneer that I've prided myself on being. And I'm just very grateful that, you know, the likes of people like Pam Burridge and Wendy Botha and Tom Carroll and Mark Richards, they've paved the way for, for me and my generation and then I've paved the way for the current generation and they're continuing to do that too. So it's a, it's a beautiful form of recognition, but the work does not stop here. Oh, that's a juxtaposition for me. I was about to ask you to go into the reflection phase of the interview. But you've, just, <laughs> you've opened up the next door. Where do you want to go? Where, where is the next piece of, of work that you need to do? You've led me there. So, yeah, no. like, you've said that the work doesn't stop here. Uh, look, you've no. done so much in your sport, uh, and this is a week of recognition of the past. So let's go to the future. What have you got in mind? Well, I want to create a more safe and inclusive environment for all surfers, and I'm not just rely. I'm not just focusing on female surfing. I'm just saying that it's a it's a non-discriminative environment when you go into the ocean. But people's attitudes and the stereotypes, their their unconscious and very conscious biases towards others, I really want to help break those down because we still have a lot of male or I've you know I've referred to it in the paper I've during the week these pale style males who are still in positions of influence and power who have this old school mentality and that's holding us all back and we need to view the future through the through fresh eyes and and be open to doing things a little bit differently and knowing that change is agitating and there is a sense of loss that comes with it, but also embracing the opportunity that comes with doing things differently and making sure that we're creating a safe and inclusive and enjoyable environment for all to enjoy this most wonderful sport we call surfing. And it, it is one of the sports which has... Uh of course, embraced, you know, the uh, the male and female competitors uh, along the path, um, not as <laughs> not as quickly as as others. Uh, yeah. Where would you rate it right now <laughs> in that regard? Well, right now, I'd say we're fifty percent there. You know, in twenty nineteen, we fifty percent to fifty fifty. <laughs> yeah, exactly. In 2019, the WSL announced pay equity, which I never thought would happen in my lifetime. So that is a huge advancement in our sport. And I'm extremely proud of the way that our sport has embraced that. But there's still a long way to go because that's just at the top tier. And it took 46 years to get there. I trust it won't get to 40, take us 46 years to get to a point where every level of our sport is equal as far as participation, quality of, op of waves that we get to surf, the opportunities, the, the employment opportunities, the seeing potential in people and elevating that. There's so many advancements that need to be made just in the way in which we administer our sport and, and encourage people to participate in it. And that's the changes that really need to shift a lot faster than the pay equity discussion. Australian Sport Hall of Fame legend Lane Beachley is with you on Grandstand with Quentin Hull. Now, Lane, I wonder when the, the penny dropped for you, the difference mm -hmm. between the kid riding waves at Manly and, and wanting to see the world to then realising you had an opportunity to not only do that but to compete at the highest level and then not only to compete but to make a difference. Are there, are there moments that you can remember those steps or was it always just a matter of go out there and surf, be the best you can and then evolve as uh, as your stature grew? Uh, I think it was more about evolving as it, as I went along, re recognising the opportunities in front of me, embracing them, 
owning them, standing up for what I believed in, challenging the status quo, finding my allies at the beach and in the boardroom and just instigating change as often as I possibly could because I was really dissatisfied with the way in which I found women surfing. But I had to go about pursuing my career without compromising the opportunity. So it was important for me to focus on my surfing more so than um, changing the space of women surfing. But then when I became a world champion, I realised the weight of my words and the impact of my voice and how that could change the landscape. Mm. Uh, we've been speaking quite a bit about the Olympics over the weekend on the program because of the announcement of the new sports for Los Angeles. Uh, Brisbane is getting ever closer as well with Paris being next year and, and surfing has now made its way into the five-ringed circus. Uh, if it was not for your career, do you think that we would see surfing at the Olympics? Because the Olympic movement is all about gender equality with all the new sports that it introduced. Yeah, absolutely. I think the only trophy missing from my trophy cabinet is an Olympic medal. So I wish it happened earlier, but I certainly don't take any credit for that. I know the ISA have been the driving force behind that, and particularly Fernando, who was the president of the ISA, building those relationships with the IOC and, and continuously forging that path for the team element or the team dynamic of surfing was something that we had been missing for a long period of time. So uh, it's wonderful to see it included and it's wonderful to see the athletes embracing the opportunity that knowing that they can aspire to more than just being a world champion, which is one great step. I, I don't want to discredit or discount how important it is to be a world champion or how uh, magnificent it is to be a world champion, but to then be able to add an Olympic medal to that is a pretty extraordinary opportunity. Did you get jealous when you saw <laughs> your, 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 your current day peers getting the chance to do that in Tokyo? No, not at all. No, <laughs> I'm, I don't get bitter, I get better. But I, I actually uh, I don't have any jealousy or uh, bitterness towards the, the current crop or the current generation of surfers because they've, they've worked really hard and as have I and I've enjoyed a, a remarkable career and, and benefited from uh, the opportunities that were presented to me. So to, to see the current crop enjoy the fruits of our labour and knowing that they have their challenges as well and they've got a lot of responsibility ahead of them to ensure that ne the next generation have it easier than they have. For those that aren't aware, what does keep you busy these days outside of your continued work with, with surfing? Uh, mm -hmm. From the life of being a world champion to now investing in your sport but also investing in your life, what, what does Lane Beachley yep. get up to? Well, 60% of my time I'm a motivational speaker. 20% of the time I'm a board member and director. The other 20% of the time I do charity work and media work. And the other 100% of the time I'm surfing. Uh, <laughs> but, but my main passion right now is uh, my Awake Academy. It's an online portal for self-empowerment that helps people become more centred, connected and confident. What's the, what's the URL for that, Lane? Oh, awakeacademy.com.au. Okay. And how... What's the size of that? How how busy does that keep you? Well, it keeps me relatively busy. I mean, we, we work with uh, organisations such as the Black Dog Institute and, and Coles and other organisations where we become like a mental health partner because we work in the mental health space but in a preventative measure and we help people become more aware of their emotions and how to manage them. We help people become more aligned with themselves and their dream team. We help them awaken their spirit to bring more play and celebration and well-being and self-care into their lives. And that's really my number one passion. You know, my why is awakening others awakens me. And it, it's what drives me to get up and, and improve myself because we need to put ourselves into the centre of our own lives. We can't keep putting everyone ahead of us. 
And if we want to help people, we need to help ourselves. So I pride myself on helping people help themselves. Wonderfully spoken, Lane. Uh, Lane Beachley with us on Grandstand with Quentin Hull. Now, you've you've summed up a lot of things in in the chat, but um, let's just do a bit of a bit of surfy talk, a bit of board riding <laughs> dreams here. You're in the okay. you're in the Hall of Fame as a legend now, Lane. Mm-hmm. If so, I need two things from you. One, where's the break? And two. Who are you riding it with? If you had the choice to surf anywhere with one person, where would it be and who would you choose? (laughs) Oh, my goodness. That's a tough one. Well, you've got the chance to, you know, now you are the legend in the Hall of Fame. What's the legendary break? Who's your legendary surfing partner? I've surfed with so many legends in my life. I've also been dropped in on by a lot of them. So there's a lot of them I would instantly strike off the list uh, <laughs> because, because they cut me off and, uh, and take the joy out of my session. I think the legendary break, look, the one surf spot that I'm naturally attracted to that I absolutely love is Sunset Beach in Hawaii. And there's there's few people that I could share that wave with that they would enjoy that wave as much as I would. And uh, one of the legends, one of the women that I know paved the way in big wave surfing and absolutely loved sunset and riding uh, waves of consequence is the legend herself, Pam Burridge. So I'd love to share a few more waves out in Hawaii with the legendary Pam B. She was my mentor and she uh, she really helped pave the way for, for me and my generation. As you're paving the way for the current and future generations, I think that's a nice way. That's that's a 9 out of 10 ride, Lane. You, you, yes. You were just a little <laughs> bit tentative at the top of it. But yes. You've got control tough. of it as usual, Lane, and uh, <laughs> you've, you've put on a show as always. Congratulations. What an honour. Uh, the first... Australian surfer, and you think of what a stable of surfers we've had over the years. Uh, wholehearted yeah, congratulations to, to now be in that legends category at the Australian Sport Hall of Fame, which was announced, and uh, and you got to celebrate that earlier in the week. Uh, thanks for catching up, and uh, enjoy all those accolades, and uh, you sound like a busy woman with a lot ahead of you. Uh, good luck. Thank you. Thanks so much, Quentin, and thanks for the chat. It's been wonderful to have a, to have a talk with you.